Are you guys familiar with Moses? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, we're not going to be talking about Moses. We're actually talking about right after kind of the story of Moses. The first, uh, it's not just Moses, but the first five chapters of the Bible are known as the Pentateuch, or we know it as the Torah. And it's kind of the, the Bible of the, the people of the Old Testament. They clung to that. That's how they uh, were guided through different transitions. But I'm going to pick up in the very next chapter of the Bible, which is in Joshua. And this is how Joshua starts. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now get ready to cross the Jordan. Now this whole buildup in the, in the Old Testament, Moses is my chosen people. He's going to lead, or my chosen person, to lead my chosen people out of Egypt. We know the story if you've seen the Prince of Egypt, the Red Exodus. Moses is the, the man. But then God says, okay, he's dead. Who's next? And there, there seems to be a very small transition period. And all of a sudden, Joshua is thrown into the position of, hey, you're here to lead the people. And by the way, we're not staying in the desert. It's time to get moving. He says, get up and cross the Jordan River. Go towards the promised land. The, man, the land flowing with milk and honey. The land where God's people were meant to be. God had promised this land to his people. And they were not there. And God said, you need to get where I'm calling you to be. And uh, we're going to look at the story of Joshua today for all of us because I believe that God is, is calling us as a congregation, calling the, the Christian church here in America especially to, to make moves. To say, okay, we've had a time of being in the desert. Right? Call that the last year, two years. <laughs> Call it however long you want to, right? But a time of being in the desert. And yet I believe that God is calling us move out of the desert and into the land, into the promised land, into the direction to which he is calling us for. And it hopefully hasn't been 40 years in the desert like it was for the Israelites, but there's a period of time, and, and maybe it's just been, hey, these past couple months, I felt stuck. We have periods of time in our life where we feel stuck. And my hope uh, for the next month as we talk about this call from God to sing a new song, uh, that's our theme for the month of December, cool. is to sing a new song to the Lord. That we can really analyze, what is the song I've been singing? And say, okay, what, what have I been singing, and how does that need to be renewed? What is the new song I need to sing uh, for God and to God? For the Israelites, they had been here before. God said, I'm giving you the promised land. And they were excited, and they sent some spies to go scout it out. And 10 out of the 12 came back and said, no way. These, these people are huge. We, we can't do it. God is not enough. And Joshua was one of, the, uh, one of the spies who said, no, we can take them, we can do it. And so Joshua, 40 years later, gets to actually be the one to change the song. Instead of God is not enough, the song is changed to God has always been enough. And he will continue to be enough. But there's a confidence uh, that goes with Joshua's leadership to lead the people out of the desert into the promised land. And so this morning as we look at the call of Joshua, my, my call to us today is to analyze, okay, what's the old song I've been singing? What's, what's something that's been gripping my heart, slowing my pace, keeping me where God doesn't want me to be? And how can I sing a new song to the Lord? Let's pray. Father God, what a, a joy it is to be here with the fellowship, to be singing Christmas songs, my favorite time of year, uh, to be singing about joy, to be singing about parking like the herald angels are singing, God, it's so great to, to think about the praise that is due to you. I pray that our lives can be that praise, that how we live, what we do, what we say, what we think can all be an act of praise to you, and that our repentance, our 
our change in direction, our change in motivation, whatever it is, God, can please you as it brings refreshment to us and to those around us. We love you. In your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, I am so encouraged. Lynn and I were beyond encouraged uh, this past Sunday. Uh, what, what a joy it was to, to be appointed and really just to get to celebrate with the church here. Um, I, I should introduce some James, my wife Elena. We serve the Pittsburgh Church as the evangelist and women's ministry leader. treasure that Steelers jersey. It's not staying in my closet. I almost wore it on Monday, but I was like, okay, i got to pace myself. <laughs> and I, I committed Super Bowl Sunday. You know, we all wear our jerseys. And it, unless the Cowboys are in the Super Bowl, I will wear that Steelers jersey with preach on Sunday. So, all right? So hopefully I'm not wearing it because the Cowboys are in the Super Bowl. But that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> but uh, I love this church. I, I love the heart of this church. Is so It's so clear that we all all that are here desire growth. Everyone here, you're here because you want to grow. You want to impact the world. You want to, you want to change the world for Jesus. Your life has been changed, and you want to help other people experience that. I believe that that is our, our deepest desire. Um, but we want to take December to assess what might be holding us back. Right? The desire is one part of the equation, but that desire has got to turn into something that, that pushes us over and helps us uh, spur on to action. And so, to Joshua seems like a good place to start. Let's read Joshua. It's going to be a chunk of scripture this morning. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. And I got this big old Bible to read from. All right, verse 1 it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot that I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn uh, from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. How have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. Go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here and go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said the Lord your God will be blessed by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, and until they too have taken the possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, Whatever you commanded us, we will do. Pretty good. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. 
Wherever, uh, whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them, uh, will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. So to summarize just a little bit, Moses has died. It's time for Joshua to lead his people into the promised land. And God says, I'm giving it to you. It is a gift. It is an inheritance. You have to do nothing to earn it. I am gifting this land to you. Be strong and courageous. And make sure you stick to my words. So don't turn to the left or the right. You have everything you need in my words, through my strength, through the source of courage that I'm giving you. You have all that you need. And then Joshua then goes and tells the leaders, hey, everyone get ready. Let's go into battle. Um, and then what's cool is the people say, okay, we're in. But we need you, Joshua, to be strong and courageous. And so he's getting it both from God, this command to be strong and courageous, but also from the people he's leading. Hey, we need you to be strong and courageous. And it's, it's a really cool exchange that's going on. Then after this moment in the book of Joshua, if you read through it, it's about 24 chapters. The Israelites endure victory after victory after victory. There's one setback or two setbacks in the beginning. But they, they, they do it. They take the promised land. And it's this epic moment of, of victory and victory and victory. And it ends with them out of the desert into the promised land. And so we can look at Joshua and take a few things from this chapter and say, that's what I want in my life. Out of the desert into the promised land. And our first point, Elena and I are both speaking today, our first point today is the song of the desert. So I'm not sure I would have responded how Joshua responds. God's like, get up. He's like, okay, let's do it. I'd be like, okay, hold up, God. Can we, can we talk about this a little bit? Let's, let's look at the facts of what you're telling me, all right? First of all, this is unfamiliar territory. Joshua had been in the desert for 40 years. He had never been to the promised land. If, if I was Joshua, I'd be like, okay, let me lead a little more in the desert, get a little more adjusted to what I know. You know, Moses really taught me well how to lead in the desert. That's what I know. That's comfortable. I got the best quail and manna recipe you could imagine. Right? That's good. I got the barbecue going. I'm comfortable in the desert. I, that's how I feel. This is familiar for me. But God is calling him to go into an unfamiliar place. Then on top of that, it's unfamiliar. It's also hard. It's really hard. God is saying, I'm giving it to you. But he's giving it to him, but he still has to go into battle, right? It's like, hey, I'm giving you this brand new car, but there's a family of raccoons living living inside of it, right? And you've got to get them out of there to get the car. Like, it's a gift, but you're going to have to do a little something along the way. And there would be loss for the people of Israel. There was, there was going to be challenges ahead. It wasn't just, hey, I'm giving it to you, but there was work involved. It was hard. And then on top of that, the people that Joshua lead, was leading didn't have a great track record. On the screen. People be crazy. Right? The people he's leading, what do they say to Joshua? We will follow you like we followed Moses. I'd be like, what part of that sentence is supposed to come for me right now? You know, if you know anything about the Bible, they didn't follow Moses so well, right? I'd be like, if I was Joshua, I'd be like, are we reading the same Torah here? Like, what's what's going on? They they repelled against Moses over and over and over again. So when they say we will follow you as we follow Moses, if I'm Joshua, I was like, can I maybe get a different crew? I'm happy to do it, but maybe just a, a crew with a different track record. That's how I would feel. I would be like, God, I know this is what you're calling me to, but let's look at the facts. Again, I think all of us want growth. We're like, yes, promised land, bring it on. We want transformative discipling times. We want training. We have visions and goals for the church. We as individuals want to bear fruit. We want to grow in our character. We want to have impact. But I think... 
We can get comfortable in the desert. We would never say that, but that's what we know. I, I know what life is like when I'm stuck or I'm in the same place spiritually. We get comfortable with what we're familiar with, comfortable without doing hard things. It's kind of like hitting the snooze button. You know, there's, there's two types of people. Those that the alarm goes off and they're up. And then there's those people that the snooze, they hit the snooze button once, twice, three times, and they set their alarm. I'm, I'm one of these people, right? They set their alarm 30 minutes before they need to wake up so they can do the snooze game and, and wake up, like, slowly, right? Or if you're one of those people, raise your hand. Yeah. Right, yeah. Or your roommates can raise your hand. You're like, okay, my spouse does this. My roommate does this. I had a roommate in college, and he would wake up to a Rage Against the Machines song called Excellent. Renegades of Funk. Yeah. He would blast it. He was in the bunk bed above me. And I would just kick him. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And then he'd say, sorry, turn it off. Five minutes later, it would go again. <laughs> we had to get some help. We get some people to help us in our, in our uh, dynamic there. Because we were so frustrated. But I think sometimes we have this call from God to make some moves, to make some changes, to repent, to, to move in a new direction. And we hit the snooze button. We don't say no. We just say later. Now's not the best time right now. When blank happens, when my kids are in school longer, when my kids are out of the house, when, when this thing happens, when we get a little more financially stable, then I'll do the thing that, that God you're calling me to do. When it's a little bit easier, when, uh, when I feel a little bit better in my mental health, then I'll go in the direction that you're calling me to go. And we just kind of hit the snooze button on the direction that God is calling us to go. Instead of venturing into the promised land, we get stuck singing the desert song. And it's going to talk a little bit about her desert song. Come on. Hey, guys. Hey. So um, this past year, I really felt stuck in this desert song, desert thinking. I don't know if I was necessarily like hitting the snooze button, but like everything else was so loud that I couldn't even hear the alarm because I was just stuck there. Um, leading a church was a lot harder than I expected to. And then as the pandemic, which that's like a great place to start leading a church in. Um, and then all the other stuff that's happened this past two years. And on top of that, you know, you guys have seen, we've said goodbye to a lot of people. We've had people come up, it felt like every Sunday, we're like, all right, say goodbye to this person and this person. I'm just like over there like weeping. Like, I just don't want to say goodbye anymore. These are my friends. These that I've invested a lot of time with. Uh, it's really hard for me. Relationships that, um, yeah, they, they, they were, those were people that I really loved. Um, still love. But that grief, it really led me into the desert. Um, the song that I was singing, this desert song, was Life is Hard. The world is falling apart. People just keep moving away or leaving Pittsburgh Church. It's been hard. It is hard. People here are just suffering. The church is hurting. I'm hurting. It's loss after loss. And that just kind of kept replaying. It's not a great song. It's not very catchy. But it just kept replaying over and over again. Um, I got together with a group of women here, and we talked about this together. And I said, what has been your song? What's been your desert song? Um, and here's some things that they shared. They said, it feels like Satan is taking up the world and winning. There's so much turmoil, there's so much bad news. They said that their song is one of pain, trauma, one of loneliness, 
one of hopelessness, shame, one of suffering. They said that their song asked, God, do you see? Are you there? Will you still use this church? Will you use me? Is anyone going to stay? Will I always be lonely? Will anything good happen? We wrote this song on a piece of paper, and I asked them, like, let's, let's look at it for a little bit. And I said, what do you think about this song? And one sister said, Satan loves this song. Another one said, God isn't in this. And another one pointed out that this song is not actually uncommon to what we see in the Bible. Yeah. In some of the Psalms. And a song, song. You'll catch on. But I think about Psalm 73. You know, the psalmist, he wrestles with God. Why are the wicked prospering? And I'm not. Jesus is even quoted using a psalm. He, he quotes a psalm. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, I'm learning, and I've learned that unless we talk about the songs that we're singing, they're probably not going to go away. Uh, according to Psychology Today, I looked up ways to get a song out of your head. Because, <laughs> you know, you've, you've been there where you have an annoying song stuck in your head. Um, first part is to identify the song. you got to know what song it is. The second is to find and listen to... Find the complete version of the song. You know, not just like that one little chorus that you remember, but the whole song. And listen to it, that's the third one. Listen to the whole song. Just focus on it for a couple minutes. Just sit, not do nothing else, but focus on that song. And then the last one is to replace it. Replace it with a different song. Maybe a better song. You know, and I know during my process of being in the desert, I really wanted to rush myself and rush others out of this desert song. Like, let's, let's just stop being held back. You know, let's just be strong and courageous. Uh, but every time I did that for myself or for others, it just would come back. And it would take longer and be more frustrating and usually add more discouraging lyrics to it, too. I'll come back, by the way. <laughs> you know, when God is not enough, as Elena shared, those are some of the songs that we start to sing, right? The, the songs of discouragement. And I appreciate the call. We've got to acknowledge what song am I singing? For me, as I kind of reflect on the year, one of the songs I was singing is I just, I, I felt defeated. I kind of just felt hopeless at different moments, right? And one of the, uh, Elaine and I actually shared about this last week, but it can be challenging when you're kind of doing all this and it feels like, you know, you're running on, um, on a treadmill and you're like, I'm not, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm running a lot, I'm spending a lot of energy. And I know for a lot of us, there's been so many challenges just with, with financial challenges, health challenges in the church. There's been so many things in the last few years. Relational challenges, all these things that can, that can get us stuck. And for me, when I get stuck, um, the song that's easiest to sing is, well, why bother anyway? Why, why do this anyway, right? If, if I did this and it didn't turn out the way I thought it would, okay, well, then I'm just going to not do anything. Yeah. Why bother is the song that comes by. What's the point? And you know when... A particular song comes on, and you don't want to, you know, if you're at a wedding or something, you don't want to dance. But like, there's that kind of song that just has this gravitational pull. That's like the Cupid Shuffle for you. You've been to a wedding. It's like, I don't think anyone likes the Cupid Shuffle anymore, but it's a, a song at, the, at a wedding, and everyone is like, kick to the right, to the left. 
It feels almost like zombies at some point. Like we're just up here being moved and controlled by the song. We should just be thrilled. When I'm singing the song of why bother or hopelessness or defeat, my actions follow suit. And, and the actions that come with that become laziness or become, uh, if I'm not lazy, I turn to trying to control everything. And it's kind of this pendulum of I'm either going to try to control everything and make everything right. If I can just get everything in the perfect system, then everything will be great. Or the pendulum swing is, well, why bother? And I actually found myself a lot this year really turning to self-meditation and turning to just TV and just media. Well, if, if I'm going to feel overwhelmed and hopeless, I'd rather not feel anything. Yeah. So let me just go on to watch something. Yeah. And I found myself, I, I noticed it the other night, I was kind of journaling, and I was like, man, I was discouraged one night, and I went and put the kids to bed, and we had some people over, and I was like, I don't want to go back downstairs. And I was just like, my phone was like, come to me, you know, and just watch something, watch this YouTube video. And I was like, oh wow, there's something deeper going on. And I'm discouraged and just trying to become a recluse. I'm just self-medicating the numbness and the hopelessness that I feel. And so we have to acknowledge, okay, what song are you singing? Then we have to be willing to change the song. You know, and that's that's not what, what Joshua, God doesn't tell Joshua, okay, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, that's the song you guys have been singing, the song of the desert. Again, why don't you take some more time in the desert? No, God says, no, it's time. It's time to get up. It's time to get up. It's hard, but it's time. It's hard, but it's you. You're the one I've chosen. It's you, and it's time. Pittsburgh Church, it's us. It's you and your family and the, the leadership that are in your household or in your particular ministry. It's time, and it's you. Say, okay, how can I get out of this desert song? and move in to the song of the promised land. So what has been on repeat in your life? We've got to identify it as a land shared about. We've got to do the work and be introspective, but then we've got to replace it. Our second point today is the promised land song. So what God calls Joshua to do is to move, to physically move and get out of the, the desert into the promised land. It's a shift. They had been aimless for years. As they're in the desert, they're wandering around. They don't have like a nice vacation home in the desert. They're intense, and they're going from place to place, and they're wandering around and around. They've been aimless for 40 years, and now they have a direction. Now they have a purpose that God is calling them for. And the first thing God says is, be strong and courageous. I love that God says this twice, by the way, to Joshua. Why? Because it means he needed to hear it. Right? You don't get that sense from Joshua when you read about it, but there's a reason that God emphasizes that. It takes some strength and some courage. Um... They needed some courage. I think we need some courage. But, uh, in the next slide, you can kind of show, verse 6 is powerful. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. And that's great, but sometimes you ever ask somebody for advice, and they're like, yeah, just don't do that. Yeah, just be strong. Yeah, just don't care what people think. And you're like, awesome. I would love to be strong and courageous. I would love to, to, to have it all together, but it's not there. So verse 5 actually shows the source of where the strength what does he say in verse 5? No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. So he's not just saying, hey, yeah, it's going to be hard, but, but meet the challenge. You know, Mother Teresa actually said, life is a challenge, meet it. And that's great advice, but that's not what God just says. Hey, just get up there and meet the challenge. God says, yeah, be strong and courageous because I am with you. 
God didn't say, hey, you're awesome. I've, I've been grooming you for the last 40 years. Moses has been training you. You learn all that you need to learn. He says, all you need to know is this. I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm with you. That's all you need to be strong and courageous. And move out of the desert into the promised land. God is with him. And what's cool is this becomes Joshua's song. I think the next slide shows this. But uh, it might be really, really small there. But all throughout Joshua... There's just this theme of God was with us. And Joshua, the way he leads, he says, hey, let's gather from battle. Our, our God will deliver us. Our God will bring us victory. Our God is with us over and over and over again. As Joshua 3, Joshua 4, you just read all of Joshua. And the pervasive song that Joshua is singing is we will be victorious because God is with us. It was so solidified in the person of, of Joshua. He was convinced of this. This was his song. And so the question is, how did he get this song? How is this what he was convinced of? And you actually have to go back all the way to Numbers chapter 13. Mm. And uh, you, you don't need to flip over there, but in Numbers chapter 13, it should be on the screen here in just a moment, um, but maybe not. No, no, it's not up there. But Numbers 13 is really cool because Moses changes Joshua's name. Joshua, before his name was Joshua, or better known as Yeshua, which is the Jewish reading of Joshua, his name beforehand was Hoshea. Did you guys catch that? I'm just kidding. You don't, you don't know me. I have to look it up too. But Hoshea means salvation. That sounds pretty, pretty exciting, or deliverance. But Yeshua means God delivers. He's a Yahweh delivers. And so Moses, very early on, as he's raising up Joshua, he says, I want you to see this as you're going to have a special role. And it's not you. You're not salvation. You're not Hosea. You're not salvation. Yahweh, Hosea, or Yeshua. God will deliver you. And so, woven into the very fabric of who Joshua is and his name is this reminder that God will deliver you. In, uh, in Exodus 17, you don't need to turn there as, as well, but there's this famous battle the Battle of the Amalek. And uh, in the battle, you guys might remember, Moses uh, is up on the mountainside, and he has his hands up. And when his hands are up above his head, the army down in the valley is winning. But when he starts to lower his hand, they start to lose. And so he has some guys standing on his left and his right. But there's this little line at the end of it, because the, the Israelites are victorious, and Joshua was the one commanding the army, and down in the valley in the fight. And afterwards, you know, Moses says, God delivers us. And he says, write this down and make sure Joshua knows what happened here. Because I don't want Joshua to think, this was all you, Joshua. Because if you're in the battle, you're like, man, we, we were losing, and then I, I gave him a big speech, and we rallied, and it was awesome. And he, Joshua can think, I have deliverance. But, but Abraham, is, or Abraham, Moses is training him, and, and Moses says, hold on. No, God delivered you. It wasn't Moses. It was when we dedicated ourselves to God, he brought this forward. And so Joshua has been trained. The reason he's full of strength and courage in the book of Joshua is because he's being taught the source of his strength and courage. Yeah. is in himself, but it's the fact that God is with him. And that's the song. Joshua was convinced that God was with him. It's the source of his strength and courage. It is his song. we got to stop singing the song of the desert and start singing the song of the promised land. And that starts, by the way, with being convinced that God is with us. But it also takes us convincing each other that God is with us. I, I really enjoyed the No Complain November Challenge. 
because it exposed how easy it is for me to pick up the phone and want to just rant to somebody about something. And how much more do we need in each other's life to not just be a listening ear? Sometimes you need that, okay, to share this. But we need the reminder and the challenge from one another that God is with us. And I know this is hard, but I want to remind you that God is with you. Not like a little nice thing stitched on a pillow, but God is really with you. And you don't need to be afraid. This is challenging, but I want to remind you, if you were to, to leave this conversation recognizing that God is with you, what, what might be different today? Imagine if that permeated in our fellowship when we're talking about the challenges we're going through. Our challenges would have a little less rule over our lives, and we would be reminded that God is king and he is with us. we got to be convinced that God is with us. Elena's going to talk a little bit about uh, this new song that she's singing. Suffered and died for the church. 
those are some things that I, I repeated my last step was um, that I kept singing and I keep singing that I sing these scriptures I read these scriptures often daily I think about them because I need those to replace the other ones you know the old song it loves to come back it loves to be like oh yeah that's another point that's another reason for that but I have to remember it's not serving me anymore I'm going to continue to grieve, to feel, to be sad when disappointing things happen. Of course, we're human. Um, but we're deciding, I'm not deciding to not be stuck anymore. But I'm going to bring those things to God and move forward, move forward to the promised land.
It's time to say enough to the old song and start singing the new song. That God is enough. The new song is God is enough. And that God is with you. That he will never leave you or forsake you. Christmas time, we use the, uh, another name of Jesus, Emmanuel, which is the name given in the Christmas story to Mary. The name is God with us, Emmanuel. And by the way, Jesus' uh, Jewish name is Joshua, Yeshua, right? So God delivers, and also God is with us. And there's this full tie-in that Jesus, Joshua kind of represents Jesus, by the way, in the Old Testament, leading out of the slavery, out of the desert time, into a free time through the promised land. There's a lot of cool comparisons in all of that. Yeah. Um, don't need to get into all of it today, but we just need to be reminded that through the cross, God will never leave us or forsake us. God is with you. Church, let's let that be enough. God is with you. You know when the right song comes on if you're working out, it kind of changes everything? Right? You're, you're, you might be slow in your pace when you're running. You're like, oh, man. And then the right song hits, and you're like, you're the best around. Like, I'm gonna bring you down. You're like, okay, I can do this. I'm karate kid. That sounds great. Like, yes, sir. I can do it. And when we have the right song in our head, the right truth about God, it changes everything. Our posture, our attitude about serving, our heart towards one another, our embracing of suffering changes when we're playing the right song that God is enough. Right? That's my, my motivation. So I'm not sure. What yours is. It's pretty good. But uh, church, he's with you in those tough conversations. He's with you when you're prompted to share your faith, but you don't want to. He's with you when you feel overlooked or forgotten. He's with you in your depression. He's with you in your anxiety. He is with you in that addiction that you're trying to break free from. He's with you in your marriage. He's with you in that seemingly hopeless situation with your child. He's with you when the finances are bleak. He is with you when others are not. He is with you when you don't like yourself. He is with you when you doubt. And he is with you through the valley of the shadow of death. Church, he is with you. He is with you. He is with you. God is with us. we got to sing that song. we got to take God at his word. I don't want to play church. I don't want to play Christian. I don't want to neglect my purpose or my mission. I want to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. But it takes a choice. And I'll end with kind of the closing words of the book of Joshua. And call us to do the same. And then we have an individual, by the way, making the decision to sing a new song for the Lord. We're going to baptism today. He's getting baptized. And then he's going to come up here. Uh, but before that, I'm going to read uh, from Joshua. Verse 14 of 24, it says this. Now fear the Lord. And serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. And serve the Lord. And this Joshua talk. He says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the god, gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Amen.